0: And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day of the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Verse 15, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. For just a little while tonight, church, with the Lord's help, our thought to preach tonight is God's portion. God's portion. Brother Wills, would you please... Lord, I thank you that you always have a portion for your children. I praise you tonight, Lord, for all of your blessings throughout this day. And I pray, God, that you would anoint the lips of the master tonight. And, Lord, the lips of the preacher as he preaches the word of God that the Holy Ghost might touch our hearts and souls and mind. Bless us tonight, God. Lord, whatever we need, feed us from the master's table. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. A famine had begun. In fact, a famine had been for some time at this period. And the land was sparse. Crops was not growing. Animals were dying and people were suffering. When you talk about drought, when you talk about no rain for a period of, in this case, three and a half years, you're going to see great things change. You're going to see a river that once that you could not cross without a boat In three years' time, you could probably walk across it. It would be down to a trickle, just a trickle, maybe just uh, spots or pools of little bit of water. And at this time, we find the famine had racked the land. It was terrible. And it was all due to the fact because there was a king who reigned, whose name was Ahab, who had sinned, the Bible says, and he had sinned exceedingly before the Lord. His sin was so great in the eyes of God, that God was so upset with the sin that this man had brought to the nation of Israel. And the Bible went on saying, if it wasn't enough, he married a woman whose name was Jezebel. She was the daughter of the king of the Zidonians. If you don't know anything about the Zidonians, they were a very immoral and a very wicked people and a very idolatrous people. And she become his wife. She brought even more corruption with her to the kingdom of Israel. And the Bible says, we know what the commands say. The commands say this, that we should have no other gods. He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The greatest thing we can ever do if you want to upset God is put something else and make it a god before him because God is a jealous God and his wrath will come forth. And because of this judgment come on the land, and God had spoke to the man of God, and he declared, from this day forward, there will no, there's not going to be no more rain. There'll be no more rain until I bring it from the Lord. You will experience no rain. You see, sin will have consequence. Sin will bring consequences to your life. If you feel like that you can dab a little here and a Dabble a little there, why don't you try it and see what happens? I'm not encouraging you to, but I promise you if you do, you're going to see some great things happen you're not going to enjoy. Because when you begin to dabble in sin, you retrieve the blessings of God from your life. You retrieve those blessings, and God takes them all away. The Bible says it's kind of like a bag with a hole in it. Picture putting your money. In Bible times, they had silver or gold they would have in a bag they would take that, and it would be on the scales, and that's, that was their wealth. That was their wealth. It would be like taking your wealth and putting in that bag that had a hole, and as you're traveling along, you're leaving a trail, and before you know, it's all gone. That's what happens when we begin to turn away from God. Not only does God's blessings leave our lives, but many a times the joy is also gone. So people, they begin to seek out other avenues to find the joy that's missing in their life. They try amusement, they try entertainment, they try relationships, they try drugs, they try the things this world has to offer them. And the only thing they find out as they do these things that they want more and they have less. They strive for more, and they become even more empty. They become more alone, and they become more uh, uh, disconnected from what life really is all about. And before you know it, those folks find themselves so far away, so far away from God. That's what happened because of an evil king. And so the word of the Lord came, and drought came. People were suffering everywhere. And what's sad is... Not everybody was worshiping Baal. Not everybody was serving the king, his God, which was Baal. There were still those out there that loved the Lord their God. There were still those out there that loved him with all their heart. May I say to you tonight, it may have been tough for them, but I can promise you this that God was working all things for their good. I believe God was taking care of them. We can't read it because it's not there. But what we do know, that God, no matter what, if we'll seek him first. The Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. You can have drought all around you. You can have trouble all around you. There can be things happening around you that's very, very, very disheartening. But in the midst of all that, you can still have the peace of God. In the midst of all that, you can still have the love of God, and he will take care of you. God will take care of you. God tells Elijah, get out of here. Go, go to the wilderness, and there by a brook, cheer There, I, I want you to you'll drink there, and I'm going to send ravens to feed you. In fact, when he was there, a raven would come to him every morning and every evening. Think about that. Have you ever watched a raven? Have you ever watched them? I've watched them. I've seen them out here at the church early in the morning. I've watched them. If there's any food anywhere, they'll find it. If there's anything, that, that raven will find it. No wonder God used a raven because if there's anything, them things will find it. God called a raven to feed the man of God. People were hungry and starving. He was out in the wilderness. He was out in the middle of nowhere. He would get down and drink from that brook. And then in the morning, God would send breakfast to the raven. He would just drop it off. man of God would eat. Even in time, he dropped him off another meal and he drank. But it wasn't long that that brook began to dry up. It wasn't long that water come to trickle and there was nothing left. And God says, get you up, Elijah. I want you to get up because there's a woman, a widow, And I want you to go because I've already spoke to her heart. I've already spoke to this woman's heart, and she will sustain you. It takes us to our reading tonight, and in verse number 13, Elijah said some words to her that the Lord often has said to you and I. We get discouraged, don't we? At times, don't we all get discouraged? Aren't we troubled with things that just bombard our minds? bills, situations, family things, job things. I mean, we can just, man, we go on and on. And these things bombard our minds and we get troubled. And we wonder, how is this going to turn out? They're in the midst of a famine. They're just looking from meal to meal. You and I can probably go to the refrigerator and open up and we think, man, I'm going to have to get rid of some stuff. There's too much clutter in here. I've got so much leftovers in here. We don't, we don't, have, we don't understand what... We're talking about tonight because every one of us probably goes to a refrigerator that's packed full. Or maybe you're not one of them. Maybe you go to McDonald's or whatever every day, but you know what I'm talking about. It's not like you don't have something. But this woman that God had spoke to had nothing, very little, very little. Isn't it amazing how God speaks to us? He will ask of you something that you have little or nothing of. If you'll give more in the offering, I'll speak from personal experience. There's times I've opened up my wallet. I've had a five and a one. I reach down and pull out Georgie. <laughs> Go to pull out Georgie, and, and God says, no, the other one. So I put Georgie back in, I pull out the other one, and put it in the offering plate. Do you know how God is blessed? By being obedient to giving. When we learn to give in obedience, how God will multiply and bless what you have, you may not open that up and have several bills. Now I'm talking about dollar bills. But when you open it up, if you learn to give, God will bless you and there will always be something to give. Always. Always. He's not looking for an amount. He's just looking for obedience. And so he goes to a woman that has Brother David hardly anything. He didn't say, hey, Elijah, go down to that man down the street. He's a butcher. He's got livestock, and he's going to take care of you. He says, no, go to that woman down there in Zarephath. She is a widow. She has nothing, and you'll meet her. And so he goes, and sure enough, he goes into the gate of the city. There she is gathering sticks. That's the woman, and he calls to her. He says, hey, would you fetch me a little bit of water? Remember, this is drought time. Water was scarce and priceless probably. It was one of the most valuable commodities they had. She goes and gets water, no hesitation. But what she didn't know that he already knew, she had just a little bit and she was making her last meal. The man of God knew because God had already sent him. But what God asks us to do sometimes is going to be for our good, though we can't see it at the moment. God's going to ask us sometimes to give that little bit that we have, and we think, Lord, this is all i got. No wonder why Jesus stopped the whole procession when they were bringing their offerings up. The crowds were bringing in. They they were pulling out their their do-re-me and laying there on the altar. They were bringing all that money in, and Jesus said, This woman here, she's given more than all of you. She's given all that she hath, for she has given of her usury, of her livelihood. She has given those two pence, those little bits of nothing. That little bit, she's given her all. She's given of her life, and the Lord pointed out she's given more than all of you. Why? She gave of her substance, and from her heart. No wonder the writer said that we are to be cheerful givers. But it takes us back to a woman that had little to nothing, and the Lord said, feed the man of God. He says, go bake me a cake now, first. Now that may sound selfish. That may sound to you tonight like, well, God, why not you know, give them a little bit, then give the man of God what's left? He said, just make me a little cake first. But do you catch the word, and then go make for you and thy son. Already he was saying, you're going to have not only enough for me, but you're going to have enough for you and your son. And so sure enough, she obeyed. And the Bible said, and the meal barrel stayed. It was there every time she would go, every time. But the secret of it was, church, She gave first to God. She gave first to God. She would give of what she had. God will never ask of you tonight what he knows you cannot do. But he'll ask of you what he knows was in your ability to do. Sometimes God will ask you to do something. He may say, give this to someone. John was trying to get this reinstilled back into the people. If you have two coats, give one to the, him that does not have one. Because people were getting self-centered. People got away from what it was to give. By giving to God, we learn to give. We learn also how to give to our neighbor. We learn how to give to them that are hurting. We learn how to give to them who are without. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6, verse 4, we're reminded of a very, very important passage of Scripture When the Lord is teaching God's people to teach the children, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In other words, God must be number one. He is one God, but he also must be number one. God must be number one. As we said in Matthew 6.33, to seek first the kingdom of God, God has to be and must be placed first in our lives. And so... We find here that the Lord is telling us in Matthew 10, 38 and 39, something that we said this morning in Sunday school. We've got to be reminded there's a cross to bear. He said, And he that taketh not his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. The Lord is saying, make me first. Follow me. Serve me. And if you will follow me and serve me, I'm going to give you real life. I'm going to take care of your needs. You're never going to do without. In one place, the Lord says, and we're, we read the passage of Scripture where he says that the Gentiles seek after these things. What are these things? The carnal things, clothing, food, shelter. The Gentiles seek after all these things and also other things as well. God says, if you'll seek me first in my kingdom, I'm going to give you all these things. I'm going to give you all these things, and I'll provide for you. I will provide for you. It's important tonight that we realize that God's word is teaching us that if we will abide by his word, if we will give and serve and love him first and foremost above all, everything else he will provide. Everything else he will give to you and I that we need. He will never leave us without. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, the Lord had said, and this is about developing our love for him. How many realize tonight we got to have a love for God? Our love for God has got to be number one more than children. Our love of God has got to be number one more than husband. Our love for God has got to be number one more than wife. Our love for God must be number one. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second, like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see, it's about giving God's portion first. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Tonight, God would love for us to get this in our hearts. Not just to do it because we feel we have to, but because we want to. I want to be a lover, a giver, and a server of my God. I want to honor Him in giving, in living, and loving. You see, that's what God wants from you tonight. Some areas we learn well, we learn how to give, but we don't love very well. Sometimes we learn to love, but we become a little stingy in giving. But God wants us to tie these things together. In loving, we learn how to give. In loving God, we learn how to serve. In loving God, we learn what it is to truly, truly become what he wants us to be. And I read in the book of Proverbs, we quote this often. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord. He didn't say with some, church. He said with all. Thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. What does it mean when he's going to direct our paths? It means he's going to take care of everything. Everything along the way if we'll trust in him. Do we trust in him tonight? Are we trusting in him tonight? Are we really depending upon him? Or do we say, I've got this myself, I can do this myself? I'm going to tell you tonight, I can't do this by myself. I cannot do this all on my own. I need his strength. We need the strength of the Lord. He went on to say, drop down to verse number 9 of that same chapter, verse 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy firstfruits of all thine increase, so thy barns shall be filled with plenty, thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We learn what it is, how to give. The first fruits—we know what that is. Our tithing, we give, him our first fruits in our worship. We give Him our best when we don't feel our best. We give Him our first fruits in our giving and doing in all these areas. God's blessings will be on your life. Your mill barrel, when you go like the water woman, it'll—it'll—it may only have a little bit in there, but every time you go, there's going to be something in it. There'll always be something there. God will sustain you. We're not looking for great riches and wealth. I hope tonight you're not seeking for riches and wealth. I hope tonight your goal is not what you can get down here. I hope your goal is not, folks, wanting to get the best house, the biggest house, the best car, and all this. If you are, my friend, you are missing the mark of what life's all about. But tonight we need to be seeking his kingdom, number one. We need to be seeking to please him, number one. I want a closer relationship with God tonight, church. I want a deeper love with God tonight. There's only one way you can do that. We've got to truly and completely surrender our will to his will. His will. We must surrender. The psalmist said, Psalm 27, verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. You see, David knew what it was to give. He sacrificed often. We must learn what it is to sacrifice. Those that learn to sacrifice, God's blessings will follow you. God's blessings will rest upon you when you learn to sacrifice, and when you and I cry and our voice comes up before him, he will see someone who has sacrificed He will see someone who has been a giver, a praiser, a worshiper, and he will see someone as someone he's going to be quick to answer. God will be there for you. When we learn to give God's portion first, when we learn to give God his place first, his house must be first, his word must be first, our dedication to him above all must be first. When we learn this, God's blessings and provision become ours. His joy will be ours, and that peace of God will be yours. You want to tell you something tonight, and this is just in the carnal side. I can remember many times, Brother Will, so my wallet and sometimes only having a dollar or two in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not a wealthy man, and I don't ever plan on being when it comes to this world standard. But every time I open up my wallet, God has always had something there for me. You know why? Because he put something in my heart, church, to give. When you give to the work of God, you give to missions, you give to the home church, you give in your offerings and your tithing, I can promise you this, God will bless you. The people that struggle are the people that are stingy. They're the ones when God says give the five and they give the one instead or give nothing at all. You may build you a great bank account. You may have things. You may have what the Joneses have because whether you know it or not, you're competing in your heart. God help us tonight. This is not a battle for the Smith and Joneses and what each has and we got a one up. But tonight, what we're seeking for, we're seeking for the favor of God. We're seeking for the presence of God. We're seeking to please God. The little woman says, you know, man of God, I'm fixing the last meal right now. I'm getting ready to fix this little bit of cake here for my son and I, and we're just going to die. But the man of God says, go fix me a little something first. And then fix something for you and your son. You see, obedience brings blessing. Obedience brings favor. Obedience brings will bring you joy and victory in your life. Tonight, if you're lacking some victory and joy, if you'll learn obedience, if you'll learn submission, and if you'll learn to obey when God speaks unto your old heart, oh, how many times i fought with the voice of God. But when I finally said, all right, God, I'm going to do what you said, his blessings follow. Every time the blessings of God follow, how many times I've heard people say, I can't tithe. I, I don't have enough to get my groceries. I don't have enough for gas in my car. Keep doing that, and you'll never have enough groceries, and you'll never have enough gas for your car. But i promise you and challenge you this through the word of God. You learn to pay your tithing first. You may not see it, but all of a sudden, you're going to have gas for your car. You're going to have food on your table, and your bills are going to be paid. You know why? Because you give and it shall be given unto you. You learn to put God first in your life and God's blessings will fall upon you because God's word will never return void. When it goes forth, it will prosper in your life. It will always follow you and you will be blessed. Why? Because you give to God. you blessed him and you've given to him first. You see, God's portion, God's portion. Remember, God has a portion. God's portion is your praise. God's portion is your offerings. God's portion is your giving. And if you give God first, God's going to bless you and prosper you. As our musicians would come tonight, I have come to tell you tonight as God took care of this widow woman,